Well, there you are, uh, the wonderful music from that John Sturgis film, welcomes Philip Malloy uh, to the studio. Uh, Philip, when Kerry uh, kicked over a point in the fourth minute of injury time, um, I, I, I said, I wonder will the replay and the last picture show be a, be a, um, a crisis? What time are you on air on Saturday? Seven, o- seven o'clock. OK, because there's Gaelic football. And yeah. just to remind your loyal listeners, mm. seven o'clock, Philip Malloy yeah. on Saturday. And could I just say that yeah. one of the people we'll have on is an old friend of yours, um, David Putnam, who's returning to filmmaking. He, he, he was the um, producer of Chariots right. Fire, won the Oscar for it, as you well know. And... Uh, He's uh, he's now after fifteen years he's going back to the cinema as a producer of a film called Arctic Thirty, which is about the experience of thirty Greenpeace activists uh, thrown into Russian pr- prisons after oh. protesting against the drilling uh, in the Arctic, and it's based on a book called Don't Trust, Don't Fear, Don't Beg, and uh, by a fellow called uh, Ben Stewart. Um, but anyway, he's he's about to get down to it, so we'll have him this week. Oh, that's wonderful! Because he lives in West Cork, he does. Doesn't he? Yeah. All right. He's very so, fa- he's very fond of this country. Yeah, so that's um, D- David Putnam on the picture show sure. at the revised time of seven o'clock on Saturday because of the Munster football final replay. So put it mm. in your diary. Mm. Um, can you? I just want to talk to you about Mickey too. About Ted too. No, Mickey too, or Michael Double XL, or whatever. Oh, sorry, yeah. What's Ma- it Magic called? Mike, Magic Mike. Magic Mike, yeah. <laughs> I have to say, like, yes, again. It? No, I read no. the Sunday Times, yeah. who, of course, the Sunday Times gave it a really good review. They carefully analyzed it and said, this is a wonderful <laughs> movie. And don't mind Philip Malloy talking to George Hook. This is a great movie and you should go and see Absolute it. Absolute rubbish. And uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 every now and then I look at the Sunday Times and I don't think that the person you're talking about is a film critic First, last, and in between, okay? <laughs> well, I tell you, to be honest, even if my beloved Daily Telegraph mm. had given big actually, names... Actually, Daily Telegraph has a good critic. Has it? Yeah. Well, even if the Daily Telegraph had given Big Mickey uh, a good review, I wouldn't uh, go and see it. There's nothing to it. It's essentially, yeah. okay, it's a road mo- movie with nothing in it. All right, yeah. okay. Now, Philip, yeah. when you were going to Wexford Wanderers uh, Hop on a Saturday <laughs> night in your youth, mm. do you remember this? Well, uh, Chris Dunham on Breakfast was talking about this. He wasn't even born when the Beach Boys were in their heyday. I, of course, uh, was mesmerised by the Beach Boys because they were my kind of era. Mm. And the extraordinary Brian Wilson, who was so important Mm. to their music and their harmony and all that sort of thing, but his life was a mess. Absolutely. And they've made a movie. Yes. All right. Movie Tell is, me about it. Movie is called Love and Mercy. Love and Mercy is the title of a song which he, uh, which was he, he did later on in life, and uh, it's the story, as you say, of the Beach Boys. Well, the story of uh, the genius behind the Beach Boys, uh, Brian Wilson, at two different periods in his life. First of all, in the sixties, when he decided to stop touring with the group and concentrate on writing and developing their revolutionary uh, albums, Pet Sounds and Smiles, in the studio. He did that in the studio. 
studio. And then 20 years later, uh, after a nervous breakdown, he was in the care of this tyrannical, absolutely appalling man uh, called uh, a therapist called uh, Eugene Landy. And he claimed that Wilson um, was a paranoid schizophrenic and that Wilson needed him desperately. So it's it's those two stories. And um, one of the things, by the way, that uh, has happened over the last uh, six weeks or so is that the main cast, about four different people, have been uh, cited as potential Oscar nominees. And um, so in this, as I say, he's played by, Brian Wilson is played by two different people. One, call, one Paul Dano, who plays him as a young man. And uh, then later in life, about 20 years later, he's played by John Cusack. And I think it's one of Cusack's best performances really? in years. He's this, wonderful. In this it. is the John Cusack. Um, who comes back to the town in in uh, Michigan, uh, and his girl is is in the radio station or something? What was that called? What was that? Uh, oh, everybody will tell me. But yeah, but, uh, yeah. John Cusack, black haired. Isn't that's this him, the guy we're talking about? He actually said yeah. Joan, Joan Cusack is his brother, uh, sister, obviously, yeah. and. Uh, he uh, he started off um, as a teenager, um, I think, in John Hughes movies. Uh, he's from Chicago, and he's had a really sort of accomplished and varied uh, career. He wasn't one of those guys that got involved in a franchise movie or a franchise right. series of franchise yeah. movies. He actually uh, he, he he varied his his output. Well, uh, two things. Yeah. One, the Beach Boys would be important in my life. Yeah. Two, I think this will be. Quite a sad movie because no, you because you would feel sorry for Brian Wilson, yeah, yeah. this extraordinary and, talent. Yeah, you know? and, w- and one of the things that comes true um, is he comes across as quite a, a diffident character, um, as a sensitive sort of vulnerable mm. man, and that, those qualities tend to feed the music um, very right. very well um, in it. And then the third reason, of course, is I now would definitely go and see it because of John Cusack. I was yeah, a, Cusack, I was a yeah. really big yeah. gross point. Gross Point Blank. Gross, Gross Point, Point Blank. Blank. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the one. Yeah, that's right. Isn't that uh, Cusick? Yeah, that's him. And, yeah. And uh, Minnie Driver is the the, the girl. Minnie Driver. Yeah. And uh, by was the way, she was Minnie Driver in a movie written by the great uh, Maeve Binchy, Was she? Circle of Friends. Oh, you see, now the old head's still working. <laughs> I just can't so. remember, but <laughs> I I get the ideas right. Yeah. Now, uh, by, by the way, just to say as well, Paul Giamatti is in it, and he's one of the four sort of people that, as I, I say, I've been cited as potential Oscar nominees. Except I think he goes a bit over the top. But there's a lovely actress. Who in does it. Giamatti play? He plays Landy. Oh right. Okay. But okay. Um, um, uh, at the start of the uh, of the the John Cusack part of the story, and I won't say any more than this. Part he uh, he he meets this woman who's selling cars in a car showroom, and she eventually becomes. He becomes involved with her, but she's played by Elizabeth Banks in a lovely sort of warm performance, and there's a great sort of chemistry between her and Cusack. So I'd recommend it highly. But I'm a huge fan of Giamatti now. Yeah, not yeah. just because yeah. of of the the wine district uh, road movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not just he he had a tiny part in Saving Private Ryan. Do you remember that? Did he? Did he? Yeah. yeah. Do you remember the bit in tiny in, where he sits down on the wall to tie his shoelace? The walls falls down, and there are all the Germans behind that, and they're all waving their guns That's at him. each other. Do you remember that? That's him. That yeah. was Paul Giamatti. And by the way, the, 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 this movie goes back and back and back. They've been trying to make it, this story, for 27 years. And um, originally it was intended 
uh, that William Hart would play Wilson and that uh, Richard Dreyfus would actually play the Landy character in it. So that's, as I said, goes back 20. Then there was a, a, a plan to do it by the fellow called um, Mark Gordon, who's the producer of Saving Private Ryan, which you've just mentioned. There was a documentary on it called Beautiful Dreamer. And then John Wells comes along. And John Wells was a producer and executive producer on ER and on the West Wing. And he's the producer of this one. All right. So, okay. Uh, well, I'm looking forward to that. Now, yeah, yeah I know you have a few reviews, but yeah. I'm just going to break it up because mm, it up, I don't want to miss things that I'm really interested okay, in. Okay, go ahead. Go on, go on. Warner Brothers with a World War II epic. They're still making World War II movies 70 years later. Yeah. Now, um, I don't know. Had you heard about this group? Yeah, yeah, yeah well, that's what I'm I, interested in. No, yeah. yeah, sorry. I didn't hear. Okay. What you're saying is the Warner Brothers, they've acquired the rights to a story called Ghost Army, and it's about a squadron of recruits from art schools and agencies and other sort of creative businesses who were tasked with fooling the Nazis into thinking that the U.S. had larger numbers of troops than they actually had. So uh, this is based on a book called The Ghost Army of World War II. And uh, another source apparently is, is just a documentary from 2013 called Ghost Army. Okay. Now, um, now just you might remember, yeah. in Patton with George C. Yeah. Scott, yeah. when Patton couldn't get a job, if you remember, you know, because he dirtied his bib again, they put him in charge of the Ghost Army. Army because they reckoned that the Germans believed Patton was, in fact, the Allied's best yeah. commander. Yeah. So that if Patton was in charge of his army down the south coast of England or whatever, whatever it must be real. But so Patton and these... these uh, the, well, the, the one thing that did strike me was remember yeah. uh, the Richard Todd sequence from um, um, from the Longest Day. Yeah, remember when they 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 they, they land these dummy uh, yes. paratroopers. Yeah, uh, behind was it behind German lines? But yeah. uh, anyway, obviously that's right. that's that relates. Okay, to well I I watched the Longest Day funny enough two days ago. Oh, Just, well, do you know why I watched it? Why? Let me tell you why, why I watched why, it. Why, why? There's a really good reason. Okay, you recommended a book to me. Yeah. called Robert Ryan. Oh, of course. And in the book, it mentions that he plays the part of a, a Gavin, the, the General Gavin, yeah. the paratrooper. And I, I, I saw suddenly it was on my my Sky TCM or something. Yeah. And I just went to to look at the the Ryan part again. All right. So that yeah. was quite interesting. I like the character that Robert Mitchum plays in it. Oh, the guy with the, Raymond Cota. Yeah, the guy with the yeah, cigar. He yeah, was. Yeah. He's a great story. I'll tell you sometime about Raymond Cota. Okay. Gavin was the youngest general in World War Two. The, the fellow the Ryan. The Ryan. I know the bit I want to go to just before you get the yeah. review because it was a fabulous movie. Oh God, <laughs> Touch of Evil. I can oh. go and see it somewhere. Can I? Well, uh, okay, you can go and see it from this Friday at the IFI. And yeah. um, it, okay, this is a, a rest- well. Okay, I, I spoke to this consultant um, on it, um, a, call, call, a guy called Jonathan um, uh, Jonathan Rosenbaum this morning, and he was involved in the, he refuses to say a restoration, but to me anyway, it's the restoration okay. of it. Uh, one of the things that happened was that um, Orson Welles uh, did a memo, a 58-page memo, after he had seen what the studio did with it, and pleaded with the head of the studio, that was Universal International, headed by a guy called Edward Mole. Do you remember M U H L, and uh, he pleaded with him to do something about it. The studio refused. Uh, then um, I don't know. Over twenty, thirty years later, um, a group of people got together and they decided they'd employ a famous uh, editor called Walter Mersch, M- Mersch, to uh, to to. 
what they decided to do was to take the memo and to implement all the suggestions oh, made right. in the memo. Okay. So that's the version that you'll see at the oh, IFI. Really? Yeah. So this is like what would in modern day terms be called the director's cut, really, wouldn't yeah, it, in yeah, a way? Yeah, now, yeah. just to say to people who haven't seen this, it's mm. black and white, yeah. it's Orson Welles, uh, Charlton Heston? Yeah, Heston actually claimed uh, that, okay, he was off, I think it was Minnesota or somewhere, where yeah. he comes from, okay, and he went off to shoot. Uh, uh, because shoot he's game. mad on guns. That's right. He went, he, went, he went off, even at that stage, to shoot game, and he brought his, uh, a collection of scripts with him, and uh, he got this call, apparently, from the studio, and he, he was asked, at that stage it was called, it was based on a book, and at that stage it was called Badge of Evil. And uh, so someone from the studio phoned him and they said they had this property, Badge of Evil, and that Orson Welles was going to play this corrupt cop called Hank Quinlan in it. And uh, so they were talking and someone says, and the other guy, the guy from the studio said, well, um, any ideas on who we should get to direct? And uh, Welles, or uh, Charlton Heston is supposed to have said, well, what about Welles? He's pretty good at it. Yeah. You know, the guy who had made Citizen Kane, you know. All right. Yeah, okay. So uh, so it's a fabulous movie. Yeah. And, uh, and it looks great, George. It looks yeah. wonderful. And do you know the thing they talk about in it? Because, uh, like, the technical side, a tracking shot. Remember, yes, yes. it's this incredible. Three and a half minutes. Three and a half, half minutes, minutes of a tracking at shot. At the beginning. Yeah. Without a cut. Yeah. It's just yeah. super. Yeah. So it's at the IFI. And yeah. I know you have these two old curmudgeons here, Malloy and Hook, talking about old movies. Old or new. This thing stands up, in my opinion. Mm. Who was the female? Female, Janet Lee. Janet Lee. They're so yeah. right. Okay, now to go definitely from the sublime right. to the <laughs> ridiculous, ridiculous, Ted 2. Well, Ted 2, uh, well, obviously it's a follow-up to, to Ted 1. Yeah. Uh, by, uh, written, uh, directed and voiced by this guy, uh, Seth MacFarlane. Okay. And it's a typical sort of film out. That, it's a follow-up to the film out, the teddy bear uh, story of about two years ago, and uh, it's about you may remember it's about uh, played by Ma- Mark Wahlberg. He's a young man, uh, and his childhood wish is brought to life when this teddy bear comes to life. Now the teddy bear is back, and he's as foul mouthed as ever. Okay, and uh, he wants to have children. He actually has married the, the the bear. The teddy bear is married, and he wants to have children. Okay. And so they have to go to court to decide whether Ted is a product or a human being. Right. Now, there's one just one thing I'd like to mention about it. There's an actress in it called Samanda Seyfried. Amanda Seyfried. And uh, we saw her actually in um, in Mamma Mia, so we know that she can sing. But she actually does uh, a, a song with a, with a, a guitar in, in this. Just her playing the guitar and singing, and she's just gorgeous. It's a All lovely right, sort okay. of bluesy number. Is this as good as Mickey too? <laughs> it's, a, it's along the same lines as I have to All say. Right, okay. The song, by the way, is called Mean Old Moon. Okay, yeah. there's major tragedy now in my life. Yeah, what's that? Well, the changes in the cast of The Good Wife. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, well... Kalinda's going. Don't tell me it's not true. No, it's true. It's tr- no, Kalinda, Kalinda has gone. In fact, if you if you saw, George, um, the last two, three episodes... I'm a few behind, so don't okay. tell me. Don't well, anyway, me. It's, it leads up to it. It just it, 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 oh, it leads up no. to it. So she, she's been in it since the beginning. Uh, the, that, that now she's going at the end of the sixth season and that's uh, Archie Punjabi as you say and as well that guy that you like um, played by Matthew Good the lawyer Finn Polmar he's not he coming. was in Downton Abbey 
He was. Yeah, he's not coming either. He's not, he's not coming back either. All right. But there is a really lovely, a very charismatic actor called Jeffrey Dean Morgan. And he's, uh, he'd be known to people from Grey's Anatomy, Magic City, films like Salvation, uh, Peace, Love and Misunderstanding and The Losers. And he's taking over as the firm's investigator. So he'll be interesting. All right. Now you have an Oscar-nominated feature from Kilkenny, no less. Yeah. Well, actually, it's the second. It's, it's, um, it's an animated feature. Um, uh, play, um, well, it was directed by a, a man called Tom Moore. And uh, he did. He also directed and wrote and did uh, lots of stuff with um, a movie called The Secret of Kells. And uh, this one, it's just, it focuses on the myth of the Selkie and it places uh, its, its place in the life of a lonely lighthouse keeper who's voiced by Brendan Leeson and two of his children. Um, and I think that it's it's an it's it's better actually than uh, the secret of kells i think it uh, it has all kinds of it it, it he uses this uh, this hand-drawn animation as opposed to the kind of 3D uh, type animation okay. that you get from Pixar and it's, it's splendid, George. It's a really sort of okay. elegant recommend enterprise. It. Highly recommended. For kids. It's a classic, I think, functioning illustration of the magic of the cinema. All right. Now, Ingrid will not watch True Detective 2 on the basis of... You know. No, they're using different actors and she says she won't watch it. You're beginning to like it. I am it. really getting into it, I have to I say. Am. Okay, I saw the third episode as that's the third of eight episodes. They have eight yeah. episodes in it. Um, on, I was a Monday night and uh, I think now that from the opening credits, there's a gorgeous credit. I love really great credit sequences. And uh, it was really good, a very good team song. And then the way it moves this ensemble cast around, uh, it's. I think it's shaped well, structured well. And the quality of the performances, George, you haven't seen Colin Farrell, I believe, doing better than this. You really? Have not yet. Okay, well, and, I got right. And Rachel McAdam is in it. She's remarkable in it as okay. well. Okay. So, now, as I said, we saw the third of eight episodes on Tuesday night, so we'll be halfway through it, ne- sorry, next Monday night. All right, well, uh, uh, because Inga won't let me watch it, I haven't watched it. Okay. Uh, now, don't spoil it. If you only don't want TV in the house, I thought you had about 14 TVs. I know, but that. when she doesn't allow me, I'm not allowed to watch any <laughs> TV. Like, they're all, they're all off limits, uh, you know. She, she, what do you call it? She takes all the remote controls. Oh, I see, she them. hides them. Okay. Yeah. It's like Easter, you know, searching for the Easter bunny? Well, searching for the remote control in the yeah. Hook household. I haven't got past series one of House of Cards. Have you not? I haven't watched two or three. Mm. I mean, now we have four coming up, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, up in February, I think it is. Really? I'll yeah. have to get dug into it. Yeah, and um, it's uh, one of my my kids, the uh, 16-year-old, is is very um, sort of big into it. Anyway, it's uh, I, you were, I don't know if you remember an actress called Neva Campbell. She was in a series called Party of Five, and then she was in the Scream movies as well. Now, she's joining the cast okay. uh, for for the fourth season. And uh, so Kevin Spacey and Robin Wright will be back and as the, the power couple of Frank and Claire Underwood. And they were heading for, I won't say any more than this, heading for a breakup at the end of season three. The fourth season ex- is expected to see Spacey's president uh, heading into an election. And also then uh, Campbell's role as kind of under wraps, but there's speculation that season four will introduce a new younger version of Frank and Claire. So we're going to get more, All right, okay. more nefarious practices. Before you go, yeah. uh, Tennyson, what's the news on Tennyson? Well, Tennyson, Jane Tennyson uh, was the character that was played by um, Helen Mirren in Prime Suspect. 
And Prime Suspect was the a series, basically, that revived um, uh, Helen Mirren's uh, career. And what they're doing, one of the things they've had big success with is a series called Endeavour. I don't know if you came across it or not, but I like these kind of series. It's set in the 60s, and it's about, it's a prequel series for Inspector Morse, and they're doing the same thing now with Tennyson. This woman, you know the, that, the, the, the name Linda LaPlante? I do, of course. Okay, yeah, well, yeah. she created um, uh, Prime Suspect, and she's coming back now with a prequel to Prime Suspect, in which we start off in the 70s with a 22-year-old version of Jane Tennyson. And that was at a time when uh, police women were oh, being, integra- yeah, being oh, yeah. integrated into... I was around know. when Bangardas first came on the boot, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure. on the beat. I'm sure I'm they was, were delighted to have you. Yeah, there was a gorgeous Bangarda uh, on Nassau Street, I remember. I was trying to persuade her not to give me parking tickets. I see. So that was a. It was a really interesting thing about parking tickets. The guard had parking to, tickets were a chat up, chat up line for you then. Is that what it yeah, well, they had to catch you getting into the car. They couldn't put it on your windscreen. Oh, so you like they had to hang around the car until the driver came back. When did that change? I have no idea. But mm. this is nineteen sixty three, four, that kind of time, mm. and. Uh, yeah, there was this gorgeous one. She married a rugby player from Cork afterwards, much to my uh, chagrin. All right, uh, we'll have to put George. You remember her uh, name, though? No, no. We could. No. We could Romance it. on hold. Uh, but uh, don't forget, 7 p.m., the change to time show. for the picture, picture show. show with Sir David Putnam. Putnam. Yeah. Uh, the team tonight were Alex Russo, Joe Coffey, and Ima Roche, produced by Mark Simpson, presented by George Oak. Philip will be back next Wednesday, and uh, I'll be back tomorrow at 4.30. Good night and goodbye.